He's blunt, but he's fair. This is Drew Berquist, former counterterrorism officer, realist, and host of This Is My Show, which starts now. And today, TSMC has announced a second major investment. It will construct a second fab here in Phoenix to build chips, three nano chips, the three nano chip, chips that are three nano, and you know what I'm saying. Nano, no, no, I don't know. Nano, no, no. It's hump day, folks. Wednesday, December 7th. Obviously a big day in history. Um, Something that the Democrats make light of all the time, comparing all sorts of other stuff to what happened on the tragic events of Pearl Harbor that day. But it's going to be a good day here. We're going to have fun. Man, it's a jam-packed show. Glad to be with you. That was Joe Biden. Being Joe Biden, we got some more Joe Biden or Joe Biden adjacent stories, shall we call them, coming up in this jam-packed show. We've got that. We've got his friends who are calling the border issue just a little issue. No big deal. No big deal. Don't worry about what's happening down there. Katie Hobbs certified her own election. Bill Gates just committed lots of money to killing more Africans. We'll talk about that. The Jim Baker scandal over at Twitter Cash bail going away in Illinois and the Sicknick family being sick in D.C. on Capitol Hill, not shaking the hands of Republicans at an event. They're plus and booze and banter today. You can see where that's going to be, by the way, on the screen. DrewBerkwist.locals.com. We'll send more specific information throughout the show, but you can get there that way as well. Uh, in booze and banter, though, we'll be talking about a business owner in Philly who maybe you've seen the clip of this now, but he's taking security into his own hands because he's fed up with, with what's been happening on the streets there. We'll show you the clip, talk about it. It's awesome. Shark Week could be on the chopping block for being, you guessed it, too white. There's literally a, a line in one article. <laughs> I, I, I think it's Bob, or, or um, I, I got to find it now. It's, it's, it's worth just knowing what it is. Um, but they're like, there's too many people in the production named, and they, they gave a name, like Chris or Mike or Bob. Like, so? <laughs> and, and most of the sharks they hunt are great whites. Yes, know? everyone's so fascinated with those episodes. Racist sons I, of bitches. Oh, my gosh. This is, it's, we've, you know, we've said it before. We're going to hell in a handbasket at this point. We've. <laughs> So I'd love to bad. say we've hit rock bottom, but somehow I know that there's and a lot. Somehow more... we keep we keep finding that there's more to yeah. the rock bottom. Like it's nope, we're not there yet. <laughs> yeah, you know we've fallen off the cliff. It's like the fall summit. You're climbing. You think you're up there. We've fallen, and like like we go through clouds. Like oh, this has got to be it. And then nope, like you just keep falling, just going, hauling. Too many ass. people named Chris or Paul. Yes. Oh, gosh. Oh. We'll be safe. Be smart. Be free. Be free. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's ridiculous. Um, so we'll be talking about that more. We'll get Tom's thoughts on it, which I'm sure will be fascinating, no doubt. That'll be after the show over on Locals. Uh, reminder: We're here today. We're here tomorrow, and then next week the 12 interviews of Christmas start. They'll be published at the same time as normal. You can come chat, come hang out. It just won't be a full live show that you're accustomed to. More up, uh, more coming on that soon. Ah, we're ringing it again. Okay, fine. Question of the day. Yesterday, we got into some Christmas. Today, 
we're going to to do it again. Um, and look, let me preface. I, I, I always preface this. I don't even know why I'm caveating the fact that I'm prefacing this. But I'm not. Christmas needs to be less commercial. I agree with that. From a faith perspective, it needs to 100% be about Jesus and the rescue mission that he's coming on or came on to save us way back when, thousands of years ago. But in, in, that should be the most important thing. It's not about the gifts. It's not about all the other stuff. But in terms of the classic traditions that people are accustomed to, what is the most underrated Christmas tradition? That's what I'm talking about. Everyone's answer should be the most underrated tradition and the least talked about, although it should be the most talked about, is the spiritual part of it. I'm talking about decorations and shopping and exchanges and mistletoe, all those, those types of things, okay? So come up with your answer. Come up with your answer. Send it in. As you're sending those in, guys, I hate going to the doctor, like with a passion, actually. By the way, when you go to the dentist now, which I'm due to go again soon, and they take your blood pressure. I don't like that. That pisses me off. This this has nothing to do with the sponsor read I'm about to do. But I'm just letting you know. And then they'll be like, your blood pressure's high. I'm like, yeah, because you're taking my blood pressure <laughs> at the dentist. Like, I wasn't expecting this. Are we doing a rectal examination next? Like, what, what else you got in your docket today? Anyways, I hate going to the doctor. It's not fun. But it's easier and less stressful when you know things, you know, specifically your labs are going to go well, when you're feeling healthy or you're on top of your game, and we all try these supplements, these, these things that really don't do anything for you, different trends, all of that, but typically they all fail because what we really need is loads of nutrients. We need sunshine, loads of nutrients from fruits and vegetables, and that's exactly what Field of Greens provides. Field of Greens is packed with a full spectrum of essential vegetables and fruits, plus science-backed herbs and prebiotics. It's what I need. It's what you need. It's what we all need to stay healthy. It works fast. You'll have more energy. You'll look and feel healthier. It could even help you lose weight. Join me, take Field of Greens too, and to help get you started, I got you 15% off your first order. Add another 10% when you subscribe for uh, recurring orders. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com. Use promo code Drew. Again, that's fieldofgreens.com. Use promo code Drew. All right. The question was, what is the most underrated Christmas tradition? Let's get into the answers. Nativity scenes and church service. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. And I, I particularly like live ones. So we the, the church I grew up with here, side point, had a you, like you not like, just a live like actual people not like a live one like an active shooter <laughs> like we got a live <laughs> one here <laughs> live people live animals. the church i grew up with literally built an old jerusalem you know an old bethlehem type village excuse me and like had buildings and people come like there was there you could there was animals everywhere there's camels you name it like there's fishing shops there's bread shops there's fires going there's all this stuff there's music going there's tax i mean it was crazy people came from all over to see this thing and it was pretty awesome um all that to say you don't have to go that far although i like to go big or go home but um that is definitely nativity scenes are underrated and they're so offensive to people these days too how dare you celebrate the reason for the season all right, what else we got, Disco? 
Making cookies with young kids. With the young kids. Yes. I like that. Jill, are you just inviting young kids over? <laughs> Come make cookies with me. <laughs> um, no, I, that, that's a great one. Our kids love baking cookies. So it's just like, let's just make more cookies. So yeah. we have more cookies in the house. Yes. You know? Well, and the great love thing it. is, is you have more kids. I mean, if you make more kids, I've made way too many kids. You have to make more cookies. You just keep getting to do it. Like they're gone. And then, and then you'll be making them and the batch is coming out and, and your sweet wife's like, well, we've got to set some aside because we're, we're giving some. I'm going to bring some to these people and these people. It's like, no. well, hold up then. We got to keep baking because what I see left is not sufficient. We've got to keep going. That is a great one. Actually, that, that, that's actually up there now in the running for, yeah. for, for my answer. Yeah. Um, tree trimming with family. I like it. I would throw in decorating the tree. Just decorating the house in general is fun. Gets you in the spirit. Yeah. Ginger also says making cookies. Family being together just in general, absolutely. You name it. Dinner with family, says Mark. I like that. Keep sending them in. What's yours? What What is going to be your answer to the question of the day, Disco? I don't know. It's it's hard uh, because, you know, growing up, there was always my, you know, growing up, I was always doing some kind of production at Christmas time at the church that we grew up at. And so our traditions like we're always we were in rehearsals and we're getting all this done and so like it was you know, by the time we get home you know christmas eve or whatever like oh it's done this is great it was just nice to relax so to me i feel like it's just like the being together as a family it's a nice thing you know i you know when we were in florida and we lived there and all the family was there we spent my wife and I, we spent more time driving to family's house houses and you know around christmas time than we did actually at the with the family so it was it's just nice to be able to sit and just be a unit and just you know yeah. we, you know with our girls we talk about the birth of christ and everything and it's great and we love it and we just you know we talk about that and so i i, I feel like that because everyone's always getting trying to get the gift trying to go to that party go to this party it's like i don't want to have to do all that Let's i don't go to parties and, anymore i really don't like i i might might go to one a year and 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 that's even that's atypical these days like I just, yeah. and I, I love the people who throw them. They're fun. We used to throw them. I, I think it's great. The, the last Christmas party I went to was at it was at your place, was it? There's a yeah. season for it, but it's but I I I I like to I just go a million miles an hour all the time. So I like to turn off. It's the one time of year that is a guaranteed turn off. Um, you know, from work that is. Um, you know, just kind of shut things down for a few. Not not for long, but shut them down for a few days. We're, you know, obviously we're doing the 12 interviews of Christmas and then we're going to have some time off. We're not going to really be off, off per se. It's not like we're going to Aruba and chilling for those days, which would be amazing. And uh, why are we year. not? Yeah. I mean, maybe next year, <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, it's going to be a less, a lesser load and the schedule will be fun. It'll just be some time to, to get ready for, for all that's coming in the new year. So, so excited about that. I think, I, I think I'm going to go with, um, I, I honestly, I just, it's, it's a lot of work, but I like decorating. I like decorating the house. I like decorating the cookies with the kids. I like all that stuff. All of the prep work is, is fun. No, I, you know, I know you like to decorate and I can honestly say this is the least decorated we've ever had your set. Yeah. Usually there's a tree and we have Christmas lights and there's other stuff. And I'm not saying it's not festive, but I'm just saying this is the, 
It's like the most usually, subdued or subtle, yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember the first time you are like, so I brought a, a tree. And so I'm like, he's like, I'll do it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> and, we, you know, we had a Christmas tree up in the studio. It was great. It was awesome. But, yeah. yeah. No, it was. I It's... It's a great time of year. More nativity answers coming in. Christmas Eve when you're done with everything. Yes, Masshole Patriot. I like that. And 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 sometimes that's way too late. Sometimes it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm exhausted. It's 1 a.m. It's midnight, and the kids are going to be getting up soon, and you've just not scheduled it right. And then you try and do it better next year. And some years you do, some years you don't. Um no, I, I actually there's a, a a tradition that Tom actually had started it for my wife and I, and because uh, it was that one Christmas he gave us all bottles of bourbon. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Christmas Eve, whole bottle, both of us just knocked it out, wrapping gifts, and it was like four in the morning. We're like we need to get to bed. <laughs> yeah. But now, ever since then, it's the same thing every it's Christmas. Eve. I, I love it. <laughs> yeah. I've, yeah, I've got some. I've got some ones that. <clears throat> that we'll do um, that are just kind of for, for us. They're not like inappropriate, um, but you know, we've got ours, but the, but the decorating with the kids and stuff is fun. Um, Okay. Captain Morgan eggnog. It's a tradition for sure. Um, Let's get into some stories. You guys can keep the conversation going. You can keep sending in some answers. And in fact, I encourage you to do so. All it does is help with the algorithm, by the way. So keep sending in answers. Just send in random stuff. Send in a recipe for eggnog if you want. Hell, I don't care. Um, But let's get to Debbie Dingleberry from Michigan, who appeared on Fox News yesterday. And Sandra Smith, who I'm not a big fan of, but she pushed back on, on her here. Sandra asked her if Joe Biden should go visit the border. And here's what came out of her mouth. Would you like to see him visit the border? I don't care if he visits the border or not. That doesn't, he doesn't need to visit the border to know we've got a problem. He's got people that report to him every day about what the problem is. And sometimes we fixate on these little issues. Do you think the president doesn't know we got a problem at the border and what the issues are? Wait, wait, that, I know he does. But, but not necessary to see it firsthand. That's a little issue? I, I, I think he knows it's got to be addressed. He's gotten the reports. He's seen the photos. So that's, uh, I mean, I... At some point, he may or may not go, but I think he knows what's got to get fixed. And you've seen him begin that process. <laughs> All right. Let that just sink in for a second. I don't, there's a lot to unpack, but she said, I don't care if he visits the border to start off. You've got a crew politician saying she doesn't care about something and that something is the border, the United States southern border, our nation's sovereignty. But she didn't care about it. Our borders, Debbie, are being overrun by foreign invaders. The United States government's doing nothing to prevent it. And you've got assholes like Debbie Dingleberry here saying she doesn't care if the president goes to the border or not to see what's happening firsthand. I mean, you talk about an out-of-touch politician. She might just take the cake, at least for this week. It's a, it's a stiff competition every, each and every day and each and every week. But the, the disdain that she and her colleagues have for Americans is palatable. She may as well just say the borders are open, and if you want us to close them, you're a bigot. And some of them do, in fact, say that. These guys, they, they, I'm so sick of talking about it, but we have to, because these, this Democrat Party of today, which is not the Democrat Party of old, hate Americans with a passion. 
They're so anti you. They're so anti this country. They would much rather import new people that they can rule over. Have them always vote for them. Not talk back like those bastards on the right. We don't want more people like Drew, Disco, all of you folks in the audience. That's what they want. But then she goes on. that It's just... She goes on to say, sometimes we fixate on these little issues. And again, I don't like Sandra Smith, but kudos to her for, for calling her out on that. Because 3 million people plus in the last two years alone have flooded into the United States of America. And you think that that's a little issue? That's, that's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting to me. I, I, I guess we're taking different approaches on it. The typical comment from a, a rich, white, elitist woman. And, and by the way, not to pick on women, I'm, not just, I'm just specifically picking on white, liberal women, are, are a huge part of the demise of this country. And she just kind of like lifted herself up to the top. Like she's, she's not the poster child for it by any means, but she's up there now. And she goes on to say that he's gotten reports. Well, of course he's gotten reports. He's the president. Why has he not done anything about those reports? Those reports should have said and triggered like an alarm internally, like, I need to get there now. I need to make a photo op. I need to see what's going on, talk to people locally, and then I need to come up with a plan if, if he cared about this country, if he cared about this border. And she said he's seen photos. So apparently seeing photos is enough now. You don't really have to see anything firsthand to understand what's going on. Well, of course, because then they could just take pictures of the border that's not surrounded. Right. Oh, it's a perfect example, though. Like That interview is a perfect example of where we are today. They're literally like, what's the big deal? The border's open. People are being raped. They're dying of, of fentanyl. Cartel violence is spilling over the border. Our people who signed up to do these jobs in CBP are frustrated as hell and leaving because they're told to not execute their mission, to not execute what they swore an oath to do. Ah, it's, it's frustrating. But from one out of touch, shit-lib female to another, the oh-so-hideous, just very mundane, smug piece of you-know-what, Katie Hobbs, had an interesting moment this week. And there's, there's not been enough talk about this leading up to the, the Arizona gubernatorial election and then right up to this very moment. Because just when we thought a recount was still going on in Arizona, and I have no hope in, in recounts and stuff like that that elections are going to go our way. I just don't. I'm sorry. I'm, that's, that's pessimistic, but it's, it's true. But just as all that's happening, Hobbs decided to certify the election herself and proclaim herself the winner. Here's the video. All right, everyone, thank you so much. This concludes the official canvas of the November 8th, 2022 general election. And I just want to once again thank the voters of Arizona. Because of your participation, our democratic institutions thrived. Uh, stay engaged and keep voting. Thank you all very much for joining us. And there you have it. Secretary of State, who runs elections in Arizona, Katie, I'm better than you, Hobbs, is now the governor of the state of Arizona, certifying her own election, certifying 
her own results and just like that it's done and don't worry folks she told you democracy worked things are better now it's definitely gonna be better the well, state's definitely not gonna slide into a cesspool of violence and all sorts of other dangerous crap that's gonna go on there well you know like if if you're a notary you can't notarize your own documents like it's illegal so you would think it's something like this you wouldn't be able to call your own because <laughs> you know what <clears throat> then <laughs> hey, Oz should have been like I won it's over uh, thank you have a good night you know what I mean, <laughs> I mean like oh god well but she's secretary of state she should have had to recluse you know recuse herself from that role yeah, in a, this thing but no it's saying. absolutely like, it like yeah. nope you know the, the results went this way people did like Carrie Lake more and they did um but I'm going to go ahead and determine that I hey guys, the results won. are in, yeah. and we have the best um, political talk show on all the internet. Yeah, I've, I've decided it right now. It's done. Um, I, I'm not I'm, – I'm, I know I'm, I'm on this show. I'm just the producer, but I'm on it. But I'm just saying. I've got a lot of people I want to think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then they just spun out of control and gave a fake acceptance speech for an award they didn't win the rest of their time. Um <laughs> <laughs> but, but this is exactly what you get when you vote for Democrats. And I know a lot of people didn't, or at least a lot of living people didn't. But like every time you hear a Democrat say the word democracy or democratic system, just go ahead and replace those words for communist, communism, communist, whichever, you know, whichever term you need there to understand what they actually mean, because that's what they mean. They're in no way talking about representing, representing a republic and, and, in her case, representing Arizonans. That's how they think the United States should be governed. They want it to be a one-party system, and it kind of frankly is. We talk about the uniparty all the time, but they want that uniparty and its values. They want the values and the direction for this country to be communist in nature, where they make all the decisions. They learned a hard lesson, the Democrats did, from the Civil War. They vowed never to let it happen again, and they've really, in a lot of ways, dominated the country ever since, imposing all sorts of laws to subjugate people, imprison people. Well, you know what we've done? We've sat back and watched. We've just taken it. The problem is, this party, this party, this, this part, the Democrat Party of today, the the Communist Party of today. They hate America, and their their supporters, the ones that are there, hate this country too. They don't like the form of America. They'll say they like America, but again, folks, I always tell you this. You look at their policies, you listen to their words. You can't say you love America and then literally try to destroy it and tear every tradition and pillar down and replace it with something different. That's, that's a different country. You want the communist states of America. We want the United States of America. That's a constitutional republic. Well, yeah, I was thinking about it you know, when, um, when like a celebrity cheats like on their wife. And all that. How dare they? You know, like it's it's awful. You know, or or like or you know, gosh, I mean, how many people were so upset when they were, they found the cheating? You know, in the Major League Baseball, but you know they didn't strip him of the who was it? That was um. God, was, who who won that World Series? But they found out that they were cheating. The Astros. 
yeah, the Astros, yeah. But like, yeah, people were upset. Yeah, but whatever. But I feel like if this were to come out, and be like, you know what, guys, we've ruined our nation and it's awful. And by the way, uh, we have to tell, like we cheated in all the elections and everything. These people would be like, they won't, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be upset, right? Because it's what they want. So it's, they got what they wanted. No, exactly. They know? they loathe Trump. They loathe America so much more that they're willing to accept the fact that that's the again the the polls show it. We've talked about that. The polls show it. Like a lot of them are like, yeah, we believe there was there was fraud in the election. Yeah, we believe, it. but. We're not going to make too much of a stink because, like you're saying, that, that's just that's who they are. It's it's sick. The thing that gets me is I talked to someone uh, like a year ago, and they were you know Democrat, and they're like, yeah, you know, there was fraud in the election, and it wasn't on the Democrat; it was on the Republican side. <laughs> and my rebuttal was, wait, oh, we cheated? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys did. Why didn't we win then? <laughs> Like, if we cheated, like, we are horrible cheaters, then, if that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. No, 100%. Like, 100%. And Sarah says... still believe that. <laughs> Sarah says Mitch McConnell hates this country also. Yeah, absolutely. It, the, the uniparty hates this country. That's, that's just where we are. Someone who just hates everyone. Hates Americans for sure. Definitely hates Africans even more, though is Bill Gates. Man, he's a passionate anti-African person right there. And he's returned to Africa once again to inflict more damage on the poor people of color over there who are just minding their own damn business. 20 years of testing malaria and AIDS vaccines in Africa didn't have the intended outcome that he wanted, apparently. So now he's back with a $7 billion, billion with a B, dollar donation to increase abortions on the continent. Bill Gates, along with other global elites who you find at the World Economic Forum, truly believe that there are too many people on the planet and a culling has to take place. Whether it's famine, pandemic, war, doesn't matter. It has to take place. And he's worked as hard to decimate, decimate excuse me, African populations as he's worked to build Microsoft, his company that made him billions. And you can kind of understand where he's coming from because his father, Bill Gates Sr., was a horrible person who thought you could come up with a master race by eliminating birth defects, including physical and mental defects, by aborting those babies. Bill Sr., his dad, also saw skin color as a birth defect. Basically, he believed there should be a lot more cream in the world's coffee, if you know what I'm saying, Bill Sr. Sick family. So Bill Gates, Bill Jr., whatever you want to call him, he's just carrying on his dad's belief and being able to deliver on a grander scale than his father could ever imagine. And these global elites who are absolutely hell-bent on controlling everything and doing all sorts of sick stuff that we talk about all the time, we're not going to go into it again today, at least at not, at, 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 in, in depth, but they're afraid of the African continent and what might happen if they went into traditionally called the population. So what's the next best thing? What are you left with as an option? Genocide under the guise of philanthropy. That's what's happening. That's what Bill Gates is doing with this new $7 billion grant to be spread around Africa. He's actually spreading around abortions all in an effort to keep the population down in Africa, which is something, it's a huge tenet of the World Economic Forum and all these globalist elites that they talk about all the time. It sounds so crazy and conspiratorial. Why would anyone want to do that? Well, the answer is because this dude is sick as hell. 
Bill Gates is in no way a good human being. Everything he does has some ulterior motive to it. Everything he does, everything he says should be scrutinized to unearth his actual intentions, which again, in almost every instance, are going to be despicable. He's among the most evil individuals on the planet. And yet so many people praise him. Oh, he's a wealthy, you know, white dude with glasses who made some computer stuff and pretends to give money to places that sounds good. But all you have to do is look just beneath the surface to be like, no, he's a supervillain. Like, he's a supervillain. There should be movies written about him, and he shouldn't be around anymore. <clears throat> but again, no one's going to look at it that way. What a great guy. Seven billion. Yeah, seven billion to make sure that their population goes down, does not grow. Hardly philanthropic, hardly, hardly the kind, generous thing that it looks like it is on paper because he's an awful person and hopefully burns in hell. Okay. You know, when you said despicable there, I felt like you should have said it like Daffy Duck. <laughs> despicable. <You> know, like, <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah. I, I should have. I, what was I doing? What was I thinking? I was thinking it's time for a break. We're going to get into to Jim Baker. There's, uh, th this Bill Gates story is not getting nearly enough attention. So we had to bring it up. We'll, we'll maybe talk about it a little bit more tomorrow or, or you know, in, into the weeks ahead. Uh, I guess we're going on break, so I guess that's not going to happen. But it needs to be paid attention to. And so does this Jim Baker thing, which a lot of people are talking about over at Twitter. New revelation as to why things were kind of delayed with that Twitter dump, the email dump that came Friday. That's all coming up. We're going to talk Jim Baker. We're going to talk some other crazy stories that will piss you off, but we need to discuss them. That's on the other side of the break. Stick around. Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my original My Slippers are back in stock. You've made them a huge success, and now I've added smaller sizes, larger sizes, wide sizes, and all new colors. And with your promo code, you still save $90 a pair. Not only that, I'm having the biggest closeout sale ever on our sandals and slides for as low as $19.98. What makes my slippers different is my exclusive four-layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. My slippers' patented layers make them ultra-comfortable, extremely durable, and they help reduce stress on your feet. Wear them anytime, anywhere. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code to save $90 on my original My Slippers, or for as low as $19.98, you can get our sandals or slides. Quantities won't last long, and with my 60-day money-back guarantee, you can rest assured they'll be the most comfortable footwear you'll ever own.
right, welcome back. Let's keep going. We are racing towards booze and banter where we've got some really fun topics to get into today, but we've got a lot more to cover here right now. The deep state has a long reach, and this should be a wake-up call, all, all the stuff that's happening at Twitter, for Americans to demand that the Bureau be investigated, be shut down, never to emerge again. They have just gotten so out of control, and it's sad, right? It's sad that a place with so many good people working there, an institution like the FBI, has been turned into this tool that's being used by these godless anti-America douche nozzles in the Democrat Party, in the D.C. swamp, whose intentions are to control so much, to usher in communism, subjugate the population through intimidation and surveillance and Lord knows what else. Well, last week, the reason I bring up the Bureau is because last week, Elon Musk announced that at 5 p.m. they were going to dump out all of these internal emails as it pertained to the New York Post story with Hunter Biden, the laptop, the election, all of that. The inner office emails and promised that there was a link to the Democrat Party with all of this censorship and all of this suppression. Well, Matt Tybee, the the, the, the announcer, the journalist who who made the the release, who who got all the stuff dumped out, didn't actually do it till 8 p.m. And everybody in the Twitter world was wondering, like, hey, Elon said this was coming at five. What's, you know, what's up? What's the delay? Why, why are things being pushed back? Matt was curious as well. Well, the revelation, as you probably have read about by now, that was unearthed yesterday is just, it's, it's frankly astonishing. And it's astonishing because of how far the deep state has its grotesque communist tentacles touching and being involved in every facet of American life today. So Tybee tweeted this out yesterday. I'll read it. We can now tell you part of the reason why, discussing the delay. On Tuesday, Twitter Deputy General Counsel and former FBI General Counsel Jim Baker was fired. Among the reasons, vetting the first batch of Twitter files without knowledge of new management. So the former General Counsel of the FBI leaves the FBI under a cloud of dubious behavior involving the Steele dossier. Of course, since Jim Baker's a deep state Democrat operative, he goes on and gets a big job and a great job in, in uh, big tech. So where does he land? He lands at Twitter as the general counsel for Twitter. He's the one during the 2020 election advising Vijaya Gad, who we discussed yesterday, that she can get away with suppressing the New York Post story about Hunter Biden's laptop under this whole hacked materials clause. Let's find something we can use so we can justify doing what we're doing. Hacked materials clause, boom. Let's go with that. It's in their terms and conditions. And Baker knew all along about the Hunter laptop. You know why? Because the FBI had had it for an entire year. And that gave him plenty of time to come up with different ideas and ways to suppress the story, even if it surfaced on Twitter like it did. And that's exactly what he did when it, when it did surface from the New York Post. What's even crazier is, is that the emails that were released by, by Jim Baker, or by Twitter, excuse me, Baker, Baker went through them, sanitized all of them before giving them to Matt Tybee. Which leaves us asking, which we all should, and certainly Matt was, and, and I think a lot of us are now, 
Well, what did they look like before you sanitized them? What, what did you redact? What was erased? What's even more unbelievable is that after Elon bought Twitter and started cleaning house, nobody informed him of Jim Baker. Who, you don't think that's a, it's an important thing? Hey, this guy here was involved in all sorts of nefarious stuff at the Bureau. He came here, was part of the, the old regime, who was pro-censorship, pro-suppression, and no one thought it was a good idea to say, hey, maybe let's, let's talk to Jim Baker. Maybe let's just shit-can Jim Baker. It's, which is what he did yesterday. Elon fired him yesterday. But undoubtedly, there's been a lot of damage done by Jim Baker, who said, nope, that wouldn't look good for me or the Bureau, so you're not getting that one, Matt Tybee. Or let's change how this looks, or let's redact this. Here's what you're going to get. Here's And the version that was given to Matt Tybee, still very damning, by the way, still proves what we all knew. I know there's people out there calling it old news and a distraction, and there are super important things going on. But this is also among them. This is also among them. This is very important because this played a massive role. It was not the only role that swayed the 2020 election. No, no, I'm not saying that. But it played a big role. Now, hopefully, hopefully they can do some computer forensics after the, after the case here and retrieve some of the information that Baker deleted before going on, before getting fired and giving stuff to, to Tybee. But this dude, Jim Baker, one of the sleaziest, most grotesque characters in the history of law enforcement, going to go down in, in history as one of the most horrible human beings, and, and Lord knows what else he's involved with. His track record over the past several years, not good. But he's been able to get positions like this because of his role at the Bureau and because of likely, like everyone else in the D.C. swamp, leverage. These people all play the leverage game with each other. They get dirt on one another and use that leverage to achieve whatever goal they want to achieve. That's one of the reasons you end up having the uniparty. <clears throat> so again, hopefully we figure out what was deleted or redacted or both by Jim Baker, but that's the reason for the delay. That's a huge, the, the, the Twitter story again in its, in its own right was a bombshell. This is a next-level bombshell within said story. Then Elon Musk, sticking kind of with Twitter, but one of his different companies for a second. We talked about Neuralink the other day. I'm not a fan of Neuralink. I don't want a chip in my body. If there's certain people who need something like that, I'm, I'm, I'm for that. I'd love for people who are paralyzed or, or blind or can't hear to regain those things if that would, in fact, be a possibility. But it won't stop there. My problem is, is, is humans always screw things up. It'll go beyond that. But that's not the point of this. The point is this. Here's a headline from Reuters. U.S. law enforcement investigating Elon Musk's Neuralink medical device company for potential violations of animal welfare laws raise alarms about the company's animal tests. That's a, that's a long title. But it's a great example of how the federal government and legacy media work together to push a narrative. The goal is to ostracize Elon Musk, make him some social pariah. And one of the best ways to sway public opinion about that is to involve animals in animal testing. Didn't work for, for Fauci, who's been documented as doing that. We've seen videos. Of course, he's fine. He's, he's still the most 
highly paid government official in the country and is a sick, sick son of a bitch. But in this interview, or this article, excuse me, about animal testing for Neuralink Project, they interviewed five former employees at Neuralink. <clears throat> now, were they actually? I, I don't know. Why are they former employees? Are they, did they leave under you know, some other? Is there some reason they were pissed, frustrated, whatever? I, again, I don't know all the details there. Um, but none of the complaints were about how these animals were housed, fed, or treated. The complaints were all about the testing schedule and the, the, the frequency, feeling like they were rushed, like the, it was, there was not enough time for these animals in between. But that's not the narrative that you're going to hear in the mainstream media, right? Internally, again, r- recap. Hey, we, everything was on the up and up. We just think maybe the, the schedule and the timing of some of these tests could have been handled better. There was no beating. There was no abuse. There was no other stuff there. But what you're going to hear is that they were treating test animals inhumanely. And this is going to cause all those crazy animal rights terrorist groups out there to go after the Neuralink labs, go after Elon Musk. And by the way, these guys, those groups, those, those, those animal rights groups are all very, very cozy with, with communist ideals and the Communist Party. And you've got these activist groups, almost all of which, too, by the way, are proxy groups of the left. They're all funded by Democrats or Democrat supporters. And they, they expect them to go do their bidding for this here. Now, again, do I know if they were treated the right way or not? But I, no, I don't. I've not been in a Neuralink lab. I have no intention of ever going there. I don't care. There's enough else going on. But the timing of this with the hatred towards Elon, the timing of this with the bombshell reports that are coming out, this just reeks of how the left plays their game. It's, just, it's awful. And this, this is what they do. Yeah, exactly, June. PETA was absolutely silent when the whole Beagle thing came up and all the other animals as it pertains to Fauci. But all they need to do is throw something out there, tug on those emotional strings. I don't know, that looks like I'm milking a cow and not tugging on strings. And then their left groups will go nuts. They'll do their thing. They'll put a target on Elon's back and go to town. Hopefully he continues to stand up, do the right thing. Again, I'm not super supportive of all he's doing with Neuralink, but I'm, I am super supportive of what he's doing at Twitter, and I hope he keeps going hard to the hoop. I hope he keeps exposing stuff. I hope they can find whatever Jim Baker did before he handed stuff over, and I hope that people pay the price. Do I think they will? Different story. No, because it's a broken world we live in, but <clears throat> that's where we're at. Okay, we've got one more block to go. We've got cash bail going away in Illinois. Let me tell you why that's a bad thing. You probably already know. We've also got <laughs> the Sicknick family in their stupid, ridiculous political stunt in, in D.C. yesterday on Capitol Hill. Stick around for that, and then we'll go to booze and banter afterwards. We'll be right back. <laughs> Merry Christmas and Happy New Year! It's that time again, time to shop for Christmas. But where can you find the perfect gift? Shop Mammoth Nation. We have hundreds of retailers offering thousands of products. You can shop everything from home goods to sporting goods, travel to apparel, 
The best part? You get great discounts from retailers that love freedom and love this country. Shop to the right, give to the right. Join Mammoth Nation and use this promo code to get 30% off. May God bless you and your family throughout this holiday season. There she is, the great Nakatomi Plaza. Pretty sure she's been rebuilt now, right? Got it. All right. So, by the way, side point, guys. You know, we sh- we share some commercials with each each and every day. I'll do some reads each and every day. We really do ask that you support. A lot of you do. So, thank you. But support our sponsors. They support the show. My Pillow. You can save. It's still a great time to get over there. You can go to mypillow.com. Use promo code Drew. Save up to sixty six percent. Get yourself some some great gifts for for. for Again, for you, get a great night's sleep. Give them to your family members, your loved ones, colleagues, what have you. Mammoth Nation, who you just saw the commercial of there, and you're probably sick of seeing it on TV. I'm sorry. I, they tried to cast someone better looking. That's just what they got. Um, but it's an amazing, amazing platform and organization. You can save a ton on purchases, and the proceeds go towards cons- um, conservative causes and candidates. So y- you're saving you're investing and in, in, in buying stuff from companies that are in America, love America, are for America. We vet them before they join Mammoth Nation. And if they go astray, then they're kicked to the curb. So so go do it. You can save, you can use promo code Drew to save on your membership there. Save 30%, in fact. Okay. So <clears throat> in Illinois, they're oversized governor. They've got a tiny little mayor in Chicago, an oversized governor. Uh, at the Capitol, signed a bill into law yesterday that eliminates cash bail. So one of the most violent cities in America, Chicago, is getting rid of bail. So the scenario here, just so we're really clear about what this means, is the police make an arrest in one of America's most violent cities. They bring the bad guy or bad guys downtown. They bring them to booking take their mug shots, they take their fingerprints, and then they release them back into the streets. I mean, that seems like the logical thing to do, right? But Drew, they can't afford it. Like, it's, it's racist to ask them to be able to afford something like that after doing something illegal. That's so. literally the justification. That's literally what they're saying. And, <sighs> can booze and banter start now? I'm ready for a drink. Brenda! <laughs> We got rid of her, remember? No, we got rid of Brenda. Um, she didn't make good drinks. Um, but literally, Pritzker said at the signing, he said, I'm pleased that the General Assembly has passed clarifications that uphold the principles we fought to protect, to bring in into a system where wealthy violent offenders can buy their way out of jail while less fortunate nonviolent offenders wait in jail for trial. Which is a lie. And he knows it. It's, dem- <laughs> it's demonstrably false. It's it's not even remotely true. It's a class dividing tactic. So you've got this governor who's not only filled with cheese and, and potted meats, he he's full of shit. Like that is it's it's ludicrous to suggest what he thinks is actually reality going on out there, and it's ludicrous to eliminate this and put everyone in the community in danger. 
reward people. Like, my bad, I murdered someone, but I can't afford that. So can I get let out? Yeah, go ahead. That's that's fine. Well, so well my question is, if you, if you can afford it, are they going to then, or is it just across the board? It says they're getting rid of it. As of January 1st, well, they're eliminating I guess, cash. I guess, I guess if you're a, if you're a bad person in Chicago, it's a great time to be there. It's a great time, yeah. Look, here, here's my encouragement to you. Can you outrun the police? Yes, you can't get arrested. <laughs> if you do get arrested, though, don't worry. You can, there's no cash bill. You can run You'll from them fine. again tomorrow. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, spend the whole... I don't know if they celebrate, the violent criminals celebrate Christmas, but spend it with your family or your gangbangers if you're in a different city, like if you're in Philly, for example. And then get to Chicago on January 1st because that's where you can wreak havoc with no consequences. But these Democrats, I mean, again, they prove it time and time again. They don't care about the safety of their community, their cities. Lori Lightfoot's a great example. What has she done to try and stem it? And, and not just her, her predecessors too. But they don't care about the safety of poor people and minorities. In fact, they love violence in those communities, in those cities. A high body count's good for business for Democrats. It helps their narrative. It helps them talk about gun violence. They never talk about the cities like chicago and philly of course they have the strictest gun laws they never talk about it in new york but they love violence they love these big events because they can start to try and chip away at your second amendment rights that is their ultimate goal they have to to complete all of this folks we, we tell you this all the time they're making huge headway with their plans to disrupt who we are what we are as a country and to to lead us down this communist path but they can't get there ultimately they shouldn't even get close, but they can't get to their ultimate goal unless the public is disarmed. So they are going to continue to do that, and you are going to continue to stand up for your First and Second Amendment rights and all your other rights and say, hell no, not happening. Don't give an inch. They'll take a mile. It will be the end of our country, I promise. But it's sick because these people, I mean, again, they really do. They really do like when these types of events happen. They like their numbers being up. More, more dead black people, more dead minorities. Better for the communist agenda. Sounds outlandish. Sounds crazy. Especially if you have a soul. But these people don't. These people don't. The quicker you realize it, the better. Uh, and, and it would make more sense if it was, because I had to look it up, it would make more sense if it was like no cash bail means they don't get out. But no, this is, they can get released pre-trial without having to pay a dime. Yeah. They no, exactly. Just, if it was like, hey, you broke the law, <laughs> sit in here and, and, and wait it out. That, that would be amazing. That would be fine. That would be yeah. fine. That, that would be good. That'd be great. Yeah. No, it's all right. Now, I guess my, my question is, and I didn't see anything on this, but if they were to commit a, another crime or a similar crime or whatever in that window before their trial, what would happen then? <laughs> I like, don't. I I didn't see anything specifically on that. I don't think no, the yeah, Democrats no, well, thought but, that far but, ahead. Yeah, but you know, you know, what I'm saying it's like you know, okay, yeah, go out and we'll see you in six months or however long it's going to be till we can have a trial. Cool, and they get arrested again. Then what happens? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's it's um. <laughs> I feel like we're taking crazy pills, honestly. Mugatu, um, <laughs> one <yeah>. look. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, uh, I, I I don't I, I can't believe that this is what we're talking about because this is something that you would feel like you'd be reading in a in a book somewhere or seeing in a movie. Yeah, 
but it's real life. Thank, thank like, God it's not like that for, oh, wait, nope. No, oh, that's wait. the Chicago Tribune. Okay, uh, it is. Now, now I really wish like we were in Die Hard or we were in, you know, like, like the, like, hell like, yeah. This is, you know. No, at least that <sighs> the stakes are, are high. You win and you and you live, you, you defeat the bad guys or you lose and it's all over and, and you don't have to yeah. deal with it anymore. Um, speaking of bad guys, I've said it a hundred times, probably a, a thousand times. The Democrats are simply better at playing the game than we are in terms of their messaging and all of this stuff. Are they smart? Or, well, they are smart. They're clever. Are they what they portrayed themselves to be? Of course not. And we always say, too, if, if the media was fair, a Democrat would never win the election. But it's not. The whole system is just set up for us to fail and for them to win. Well, this time, when it comes to messaging, they set up Cocaine Mitch, who I'm not a fan of, obviously. I don't like Mitch McConnell at all. It kind of makes me happy that he got put in this situation. But it's, it's still ridiculous what happens here. So, so he's, they set up Cocaine Mitch and Kevin McCarthy at yesterday's Congressional Gold Medal event. Here's what happened. This is a Capitol Hill police thing going on. These are the parents that you're going to see come into frame of Sicknick, Officer Sicknick, who died not, not from the assault that is, is being you know portrayed or discussed out there. But take a look at the scene, then we'll discuss it. It's a little quiet here, but you can see some Capitol Hill police officers coming up, shaking Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi's hand. And Mitch McConnell, if you're listening on the podcast, Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy are next, holding some, some medals. And here come the Sicknick family, who shake their head, refuse to shake their hands, and specifically Mitch McConnell's, and walk right by and look nancy and schumer they they knew they knew that the sicknicks were going to they probably told them to like but they knew that they were going to refuse to shake the hands of cocaine mitch and kevin mccarthy they knew it was just a big photo op to make them look bad and these two stooges fell for it hook line and sinker but what's even more magical about this and the way that they're portraying this and, and how this is all coming out, how it's always come out with all this, is, is the fact that Brian Sicknick, who, of course, no one is celebrating his death, but Brian Sicknick died from a stroke four days after the events of January 6th. And the stroke was completely unrelated to January 6th. And still, the media peddles this lie as a portrayal. Oh, they killed police officers, this, that. Like, no, no. Again, I don't think that was a good day for America, even with the, you know, the FBI's involvement in Antifa and all that. There were some conservatives who did dumb stuff there, fell into a trap, whatever you want to call it. It wasn't a great day. But they continue to perpetrate all these lies and talk about these officers who were killed and this, that, and the other. It's like... The only one, Sicknick, died from a stroke four days later. You cannot, that, that's like saying the guy who died on a motorcycle accident in, I think it was Orlando, was a COVID death. Like, what? No, he, he got rocketed off of a motorcycle onto concrete. That was not a COVID death. The same thing here. But they set it up this way. And, and undoubtedly, his parents are Democrats to make that kind of a, a bold statement of not shaking hands 
and play right into this narrative that's being pushed by the Dems about January 6th. Again, foregoing to tell people about the FBI informants who were there, about the other folks who were there, how they pushed all this stuff. Look at the camera angles of all this, by the way, too. Look at the camera angles of January 6th, and you can see some of the setup. If it was a true insurrection, you wouldn't see the reverse angle of the crowd coming towards the Capitol. Just like you never see a reverse angle of the D-Day invasion. Like this... All that you saw... Never mind. We, we could go into this forever. By the way, I love too that just it's a coincidence that Nancy Pelosi's daughter, who's a filmmaker, happens to be filming with Nancy on January 6th. Nothing to see here though, right? Nothing to see here. All right. <clears throat> I love here, like, uh, her Nancy Pelosi here at the end. Like, no one's clapping. I think people were kind of shocked, too. Like, no, it was, they just kind of walked, they shook their heads or whatever. Yeah. No one's clapping. And then, you know, she just, she's like, okay. <laughs> hey. <laughs> like, like <laughs> I just, I love it because you're sitting there going, you know, it's like, you know, awkward. This is awkward silence. Here we go. And then she's, I don't know what to do with my hands. I'm just going to raise them and hopefully people will applaud. But it's just one of those things where it's like, there's, I get it. You're upset, but you know, like be upset at the people who did what, who did the stuff that, that the people who the shot stormed it. Ashley Babbitt. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like be mad at those people. Well, you can shake a politician's hand. <laughs> you know, I'm, like, come I'm, on. I, I'm telling, like, th that it, it just shows how complicit they are, those parents. And they know their son's condition. They talk to the doctors and the mortician and all the, the, the people who did the autopsy afterwards. Yeah, no, he died of a stroke. Did it have to do with this? No. It was a, it was a, it was a stroke. Okay, like you, you guys know, the politicians, of course, are going to shove this, but it's sick that they went along with it. And again, I like seeing Mitch McConnell get mud on his face. I'm not a fan of Kevin McCarthy either. McCarthy handled it better. Mitch was kind of like, oh, no, what do I do? Like he was trying to just, you know, keep all of his chins intact and try and look like he was handling it. Okay, he didn't. <laughs> but like Kevin McCarthy, like like was just like, all right, I'm not getting my hand shook here. I'm just going to like, yeah. I'm just going to play this off. Um, yeah. But I mean, I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing is like. It's all about the optics, too. Obviously, he was expecting it. He wanted it. He kept his hand out. I understand. Like, hey, whatever. But, you know, at that point, it just accepted the feet and just stand there. Yeah. I mean, at this point in time, anyway, you were just there for show anyway. <laughs> like, What would have been great really is if it was present? Joe getting snubbed because he would do what he did, like, that one time where he's just, like, randomly, like, still keeping his arm extended. Whose like, hand do I shake? <laughs> somebody shake it. <laughs> My note card said shake hands. Um, all right, folks, it's time for booze and banter. I have posted the link in there for you again because I'm, it's Christmas. I'm a kind guy. I, I care about you. I really do. Um, but we're going to head on over there. We're going to get ourselves a beverage since Brenda's been fired. Um, there was never a Brenda. We don't fire people for making bad drinks. Although we probably will. It is a fireable uh, offense. It's a yes. fireable <laughs> offense in the handbook. Um <laughs> So we're going to head to Booze and Banter. The link's there. You can also go to DrewBerkwist.Locals.com. If you can't make it, we will see you tomorrow right back here, 2 p.m. Eastern. See you over there. Be safe. Be smart. Be free.
You've just heard Drew Berquist. Tune in weekdays on every major podcast provider or on DrewBerquist.com.